Hey, thanks for listening to Made In. This podcast is hosted by me, Jasmine, and my better half, Evie. And we are two Asian Canadian women in Toronto talking about current events, culture, and society moments. We hope that Made In is a safe living room space where you can feel like you're sitting on the couch with us and joining in on the conversation. Thanks for being here. Feel good. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Sorry. <laughs> you caught us in the pre-recording stage. I'm like, we're hyping up. Hi, KS. <laughs> yes. Welcome back. I know you were away. I was away. We're now together now. We're back together. Uh, so much stuff to update on. This is uh, June, so new season. I was just talking to Jazz a bit about how it was awesome to see great support during AAPI month, but this stuff continues. But we'll get into it a bit later. But it was, you know, also very heavy and also a very a month where I feel responsible to be the best of myself and represent the best of myself and uphold everyone and blah, blah, blah. But it really should be like an all year thing. Mm-hmm. But first, before I get into it, Jazz, you just went on a really kind of different and fun trip. Mm-hmm. It's just so great to hear like after all this time. And of course, we're not saying like, the shit's over forever, but like it's still like nicer to see like things that are a bit different now. So tell us about where you went and what you did. Yeah, so I feel like this year is gonna be like year of traveling. All the repressed days where we couldn't go away. I think I'm like living out my full fantasy this year, um, and I have like quite a bit of um, if uh, trips planned upcoming. So I'm kind of excited, Ooh. but it does give me a lot of like anxiousness I don't feel I don't have anxiety about it but like for me personally when I travel like my body gets totally thrown off like I don't know if you can tell but I've literally been breaking out so horribly um and Mm -hmm. just like the flying like my digestion I 100% get like travelers constipation like I feel like my body just feels like it's so much shock um but yeah so I guess we had a really, I guess our last episode, we we're talking about how we like both resigned and got a new job. So we've been feeling that new job energy. Yes. I had this trip planned to go to England. Uh, my boyfriend's from there and he actually moved to Canada about like three years ago and he hasn't been able to go back because of COVID. So he was mm. getting super homesick and obviously I pick it back along on his trip. So, so fun. yeah, his parents live on like the countryside around Chichester if anyone's familiar, I guess it was exactly how you picture like a British countryside. There was so much like lush greens, sheep, cows, like horses, just like galloping around. Um, All the houses look like they're straight up from the fairy tale. Like every house looked like the seven dwarfs could live in it or like Henson and Gretel skipping down the street. Wow. That's actually really picturesque. Yeah. I didn't also know that like gardening culture is really big. So like every garden had so many flowers and like just really beautiful. But uh, and then we went to a bit more countryside to visit his sister, which was actually so far because I get to meet his nephew and niece who are so cute. And we played puzzles and had so many British foods, I guess. So I really did channel around my trip to be able to try all the delicacies but dude it was like so much beige in this in this culture yes 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 definitely a thing that's it's known for beige foods it was literally (laughs) just cream and butter and beige so basically I wanted to eat like sausage rolls pasty pasties pasties sunday rose like 
crumpet, like literally everything in the beige umbrella. I think that's probably why I was constipated. <laughs> but yeah, overall, it was so fun. Like I, I did really enjoy myself. A um, couple of things that I found that was kind of funny, but I think it's also very like universal if you're Asian traveling or even just like meeting maybe someone older or whatnot. So we went to this like really cute pub in his sister's town. And in the menu, they had something with like kimchi in it. My God. It was something. And like, you know, when you're in a restaurant with like, maybe a lot of like white people or like whatever, there's like one Asian like ingredient on the menu. They always make a point to call it out and be like, oh, are you going to get this? I'm like, do you really think I'm going to get a kimchi fusion dish at this British pub? <laughs> like, no. So I'm dead. Um, as soon as I saw that in the menu, I was like, I'm going to see how long it's going to take for someone to make a comment about how I, I'm going to get this kimchi you dish. Should, you should be eating yeah. that. You should. Oh, my gosh. So there was that. And then... Um, Leo's parents live beside this like really like posh like fabulous lady um and we she invited us over for like a drink before dinner and she is like super old she's like in her 80s and she was telling me about like just her stories and again you know when you're like talking to like an older person like they want to tell you about the one Asian friend they have or like like Asian connection or like something and she began to tell me about her friend's daughter who like adopted an Asian girl, a Korean girl. And then she was like, and like it it was, it didn't come off at all polarizing or like really racist or anything, but I just like obviously had to like nod and like just engage in the conversation. And like, it's just like so weird that like, that is such a, a, a known thing that you need to prepare yourself for as an Asian person in any setting. Yeah. I know not all those encounters are always the most horrifying thing. And I know it's not, but it's so exhausting because yeah. it's, it's, like, it's like you're you're sitting on the edge waiting for it. And then, you know, it's coming. The fact yeah. that like you're already sitting waiting, you're like, oh, man, which which Asian string connection are they pulling today? What story are we going to talk about today? Yeah. And I keep catching myself like getting meat sweats almost like, you know, like you just kind of get like a bit of dry sweat. Be like, oh, like. Well, as soon as they open up their mouth about like adoption or like something along oh my that, god. I'm just like, oh my god like my heart starts beating and I was like where is this sentence gonna end um I know it, it's just I feel like it's super universal and like anyone pop everyone probably has the same story so it was interesting to be fair like this wasn't as bad as other experiences that I've had and I was able to keep my cool and like you know engage in the conversation and be cordial about it but I thought that was really fun but so that was like the first half of my trip, like being in the countryside. And then yeah. we ended up going to the city and it was there for like four to five days. And I like barely saw any Asians. Hmm. You mean you were in London? Which I was in London. London. Yeah, I was in mm. London, kind of like in Hackney area. But then we spent a lot of time in like Shoreditch and Soho and stuff. But I thought that we be definitely more like diversity. There is a lot more diversity with like city yeah in the, in the city. city but yeah. just definitely not as much like a east asian representation but throughout this whole beige food tour that i did um i did have a friend named soyan who i actually know from vancouver island when i used to live there we used to go to the same korean church and we always kind of kept in touch and she lives there now so we went out for korean food at this place called hongbe pocha and when i tell you i ate the spiciest food 
to like cleanse my palate. I did not care about the diarrhea I was going to have the next day. I just like needed to have it. <laughs> it like, it brought me back to life. No, that's so important. You have to um, be able to eat the food that you need. It's like, yeah, it's a bit similar. Like I went to New York recently to start my new job and orientation. And I'm not saying New York has a shortage of any type of Asian food. That is not true at all. They have lots of different types of Asian food, in fact. But in the area I was at, and I was actually working and I, I love- Where were you? Brooklyn. I was in Williamsburg. So it's actually okay. just fucking bougie. Like it's literally- Totally gentrified. Yeah. It, it's even beyond gentrified. Its identity is like just pretty rich people. Like that's pretty much mm, it. And so cool. in that area, it's not that there isn't Asian food. There are places that we went to, but it was just so much um, more accessible to get like, you know, your classic um, steak tartare bistro, sardine. Mm-hmm. Like I love all that stuff. I love it so much, but I also, uh, in I'm in New York. So I like, I like to drink and I like to like go out and see people, but my cure all the time is like pho usually or yeah. broth. It has to be some sort of broth. I was kind of lacking that. So I was like really just like wanting that. And I just like wasn't in the right, like I wanted to get food really quickly. So I love the fact that I got, you know, a lot of tacos, a lot of like that bistro food and that was fine. But Mm -hmm. then it was so nice to come home and like make my own soup again. I was like, holy, like I feel cleansed. I feel like this is my shit or whatever. And because Mm -hmm. I was like starting a new job, I I met these amazing people and, you know, I'm really loving Vice News so far and everyone's really great and so good. There's just so many... Um, opportunities to, uh, I would say, drink more than you would eat. And then when I'm traveling, I don't also have the best like digestion Digest. or like feeling. Oh, or whatever. So I love food. And I love that. But the feeling of not feeling hungry or like, I'm like, oh, I can't eat right now. I'm like, that's kind of sad to me. So when I got home and I got my like broth on, I got like my, you know, Chinese auntie healing mm-hmm. myself back on. I was like, oh, I feel great. Uh, but again, I love all the food in New York. So many good places in Chinatown. So much, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Japanese food. There's so much stuff. But because I was working so much, I just like went to places that were really kind of really close. Like I would say like five seconds near me. And I was like, I didn't even eat that. Mm. But one thing that I was like, I always have matcha lattes. I don't drink coffee. I love matcha. And in Williamsburg, it is not possible to find an iced matcha latte with almond milk that's over ten dollars US. Like, I, oh my, yeah, I can't, 100%. I can't. I, I was, I was like <laughs> contemplating buying powder, and like, I was like, no, this is fucking making insane. your own. Yeah, I'm like, you would have saved money. I know, just buy all the ingredients, making it your own. And then at one point, I was like, no, nah, I just like treat myself, whatever. But at the same time, it's like that's the area, so it was just like really funny to be like, holy shit, like that's the area, and like it's so different from, I guess, like you know, what I, uh, had thought of it like 15 years ago, like, you know, it's so different. So it is so bougie, but anyways, regardless, really happy about my new job. Um, and really feel like I'm in the right place. Like I have to admit, I went through a sort of like, cause me and you talked about this so much last time jazz. I was like, I asked this question to myself all the time now, like, do I work to live or live to work? And I think Mm -hmm. for me and you since young, it's always been live to work. Like we want to, the goals, the dreams, the places like that is in career and jobs and the way we make money. I went through an identity crisis after I left the star to here because I was like, who am I? And I really thought like, oh, I don't want to define. Who is she? Yeah, I don't want to (laughs) define myself through my work. But I'm like, I guess I did that for so long that I really, there was some part of me that was like, who am I? Like I kind of go through like an identity crisis. But then I quickly realized, like, I feel like way more myself, like philosophically, I obviously align a lot more with what, you know, Vice is putting out. And mm-hmm. I'm okay to like work to live more now, you know, like I want to be able mm. to have time to 
nurture myself, my hobbies, the food I want to eat, all those kind of things, right? Instead of like being like, you want to get your dream job, sure, but like, is it so bad to just work, do the job, uh, you know, try things if you want, but not always go over the top and just be able to have money to like do things you want? Like, that's something I'm really mm-hmm. grappling with right now. I don't know if you feel any of that sort of sentiment. Yeah, I think the whole, yeah, it's very European lifestyle too. Like I remember when I was actually in Costa Rica like a few months ago, yeah. I met this girl traveler who was from Germany and I was telling her about like all these other, like uh, three jobs that I have. And like, she just could not comprehend why someone wants to work that much. Um, so like when you think about that, like it does put into perspective, but I think I've gone better at finding the balance of making sure that the job doesn't define me yes. because I definitely was drinking the Kool-Aid back then. Yeah. But I don't know if you feel the same way too, but like I definitely do feel a bit more like seasoned and more yes. of a veteran in my career journey. Like moments that maybe I felt like I was too nervous to speak up or like really have a firm opinion or suggestion about a project that we're doing. I, I feel like my hesitancy has diminished a bit more and I feel a bit more confident. And especially in this job, the new job that I have right now, I'm like the only employee and I directly speak with the co-founders of the two uh, companies that I work for. Oh, nice. And there were so many moments where both of the founders are relying on me to provide my input. And there are moments in our meetings when like he would tell me one thing and then as he's talking and like telling me about it, he's like, but like, I really value your opinion. So whatever you think, uh, we, we can totally scrap it or like do something different, pivot, whatnot. And like, that just like made me feel so whole to be like, wow, like they really do value me as an asset and like my opinions and my thoughts and my suggestions. And like, not that my last job didn't make me feel that way either. But when you're in such a huge corporation, like Square with like thousands of employees, mm-hmm. like you are a small fish in a big pond. And I think I realized I like being a big fish in a small pond. I don't know if either one is like stigmatized, but no, I yeah. mean, that makes more sense. You always want a job that makes you feel like, oh, I have the agency to make directions. Mm-hmm. After, even especially when you put so many years under your belt, like you deserve to be able to make those decisions. And so that's amazing. And it's so good to hear because mm-hmm. I'm just saying this as a super honest thing. If you were just like some, again, inadequate, like very unexperienced, like white dude entering the job, you're already, you know, taught to give directions from the moment you're there. Right. So it's not mm-hmm. every single one, but it's like common theme because it's just like, there's just layers of how, uh, you know, the servitude part, the being Asian, being a woman, not knowing what space, how loud we can be, how direct or how many things mm-hmm. we can create. So that's amazing to hear. I think that's really, really important. Thank you. And it makes you feel like I I ran this. Like, I these are my decisions. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you're not open to collaboration or anything, but it just means like totally. I have the agency to make decisions that are um, high level. And you, I would say of all of our experience, listing in so many meetings and everything that we do, we definitely know people because we, you know, I I guess at least for me, and I'm sure if it's similar for you, I was always like a fly on the wall in my career, just not knowing when I should interject. And only in the few years that I'm moving up now that I'm really doing that, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely remember myself being in a room where like, not that I didn't know when to interject or anything, but like, I just was like too scared to like say what I have to say or, you know, share my opinion. So I'm so happy that we're like finally in this position. And like, I don't, I think if people were to have told me 
even five years ago that you're going to forever be in this place. Like I would have never believed that. Like recently I had a friend reach out and um, she was just asking me about some like career advice. Um, and as I was kind of like taking inventory of like my journey and like where I'm at, like I have finally realized that like, I don't like being in big corporate culture and um, really narrowed down. Like I did this exercise of writing down everything I like in my job, what I don't like and what I want to do in my next job. And to like the smallest details, I was able to find it in this new next role. And like, I, yeah, in some ways manifested, like I'm more faith-based. So like, I really feel like God was able to really like provide this for me and stuff. But I was telling her that like, if someone had told me at her age, she's like 27, told, tell me that like, you know, you're, this is not the path you want to be. Uh, this is where you're likely going to be. I would not have listened to them because I, as stubborn as I am, like I need to go through it myself to like finally feel like I tried everything that I can. And now I'm able to make the decision. So all in all, I'm so proud of us that we're in this position now where we can then reflect back and like heal and then like unlearn and then actually like bring this like new energy to our new adventures too. No, that's really important. And I think I'm really happy for you to have that decision making. And, and I'm happy for you. Thank you. I am I think we're like at a place. And this actually brings me up to the next point, because I know before this, me and you are really adamant about thinking about what to do for AAPI month. And we obviously... We did nothing. And I, I actually am not really mad about it. It's like I the, the thing that I was really thinking about this whole month, beginning of the month, I want to do things. I want to try all these things. I want to get all this stuff done. But of course, I, I, there's, there's something that I feel like we never do anyways. And we don't really rest very much at all. Like I think all times of the year, it's not about resting on this podcast or resting on a job. But mm-hmm. this was the month where I was, I had a week off and I just hadn't had a week off in so much. And then transition to here and you were doing the same thing too like you took that time off I think a PI month doesn't always mean like doing the most like you can amplify each other and do that we should do that all the time right every Mm -hmm. single time of the year right so it's exhausting and like we were just saying this like you were just texting me jazz you're like this is must have what it must be like for lgbtq Mm -hmm. plus 2s like spirit like it must be fucking exhausting june i'm like definitely it's exhausting because on top of like having the celebrations and amplifying each other and knowing that everyone in each people group aren't the best. Like there's some Asian people that we don't align with or agree with. And mm-hmm. same with any community, there's people that are absolutely offensive and such. Like there's so much education to be done. There's so much like celebration, education, but also a lot of bad shit happening. Like during the AAPI month and still now, there's like so many attacks mm-hmm. in Chinatowns. And then there's two big ones in Chicago. And it's just like, yeah, it's exhausting. So this is my month, right? So I'm supposed to be able to say all this and be all this and whatever. But I actually think we did ourselves a favor in this big, important transition period in our life where we're at a place where we like, like, where we need a break. It's, it's, it's exhausting. You know, that education part is mm-hmm. exhausting. The celebration is great. And we try our best. But it's like, we shouldn't feel like we have to ramp up everything for May. like it should be all the time because our voices matter all the time. And so do other people. Exactly. So yeah. That's why I feel like we did ourselves a favor by giving ourselves like a rest. Like, I think that's really, really, yeah. really important to be honest. I agree. And you're right. Like for June, like, I feel like there's even so much more conversation about how corporations are doing it wrong. Oh my God. Celebrating Pride Month. <laughs> that's been really funny to look at. And yeah, like every month is Black History Month. Like, yeah, I know May was our best month to be able to get the most coverage and get brand collaborations and all this stuff. And like, Obviously, we were using it to our advantage for, to 
take the opportunity from these brands to leverage Asian creators yeah. to, you know, help them align with their content calendar for the year. And I think that's just like being strategic, but like something about it, like I felt like not that we were forcing it, but like we just did need the time to rest. And so I feel like even on social media, there wasn't that much going on. And I know we mentioned this last year too, where like last year was like our golden year of Asian Pacific Heritage Month because, you know, we were coming off from anti-Asian hate and we're coming off of the Atlantic shooting. And like, there was definitely more platform for us to be loud and like be heard. And I don't know if it was just me being sensitive to it, but like, I really didn't feel like there was that much amplification as to last year in terms of API month. No. Or it could be that maybe I just like wasn't really paying attention on social media either. But it is such like a, as sad as it is, like you and I know May is important. You and I know that every month is Asia month for us. Yeah. But for brands, I did see a bit of a decline in my personal communities I think but and that's okay I mean in in terms of like there's going to be more work to be done all months of the year and I'm happy that you and I did take a time off to just kind of recharge ourselves because yeah there is as much as we can be loud about all the hate crimes that are happening it's not really slowing down so like it's it really isn't helping us move the needle exactly like we used to talk about it but it's exhausting to talk about it's really really exhausting and it, you know, seeing any kind of form of that is so awful to watch. It's, it's, it's traumatizing, right? Like I'm trying mm-hmm. to, my month, what does a month mean for me? You know, I personally, in my life and your life as well, like we found a new direction. That is a win for me. If that's AAPI mm-hmm. month, sick. Like I got it because I'm in my transition now. Like the thing that I wish is like brands don't need to wait to, for this month to support us. You yeah. can support us any month. Like that's cool. Yeah. And I, I just want to move away from that. And it is sad because like, you're right, Jazz. Like I saw a lot of exhaustion, lots of exhaustion or people, you already talked about this last year. You already talked about like Asian mm-hmm. hate crimes. I'm like, yes, it doesn't end. And it's exhausting for me too. But again, we just know everything's like a marathon and not a sprint. So if I'm trying to sprint through May to be like, and this thing and that thing and blah, blah, blah. And this Asian, thing, I'm like, that does not help anyone at all because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, so they just went on a, maybe it's not us, but other people went on a tangent for May and then what happens in June? Like what happens then? Yeah. What happens after that? You got to make space for the LGBTQ to have their moment in June. or You know what I mean? Like it is going to be a constant battle for space. Exactly. Yeah. For marginalized groups, it's because we're just told that like, yes, we have this month and it means things, but it's also like, it should always mean things. So like, that's just one thing that just really like stands out to me. Like, I just want mm-hmm. it to be like, you know, if you have a restorative period and you identify in the Asian umbrella, which is like so many people, like literally could not be more different people, then I hope you had some sort of restfulness because that's just so, mm-hmm. so important. That's just like exactly the thing that means the most. And I think us having this honestly is important like I don't again want just like sponsorships and brands only in this month I mean we do don't sorry get us we, wrong. Do, we do want but we, <laughs> we want it to be more holistic than that and not just yes. like the like all these pride posters that are like pride posters from corporations yes. that are coming out are so cringe absolute vodka yeah hire a new marketing manager <laughs> so cringe like all of it just yeah. so cringe so like we don't want that either. I've seen cringy ones for Asian heritage. I've seen cringy ones for Black History mm-hmm. Month. I've seen cringy ones for Juneteenth. Like, there's just so much cringe going on. So, like, instead of, like, that, just, like, have that in your head all the time that we're always, like, you know, want to help groups of people out that are marginalized or vulnerable or whatever. So, all that to say, I'm just happy that we took May and really 
for us, I mean, for me, just enjoyed being Asian. Yeah, enjoyed being me and doing things and just happening to be Asian and enjoying it. You know, we mm-hmm. already still you still did the thing where you had to anticipate um, British white people coming to you, talking about all the shit to you, of course. Okay, yeah, <laughs> um, which is classic. Going on vacation anywhere that isn't in Asia, even some places yeah. in Asia, I'm sure. A hundred percent. I'm happy you got a time to rest and rejig things. So I also hope that everyone listening, depending, doesn't matter who you are, gets a moment like that. Like that is just mm-hmm. so important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on the topic of trends, um, I've never been a big Emma Chamberlain fan, but I only really got into her when she did that interview with Jack Harlow and they had that really awkward encounter telling each other that they love you. They love them. Oh, uh, was that at a Met? Met? Yeah, the Met, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge Jack Harlow fan. So that's why I really <laughs> got into that uh, content. But I do find Emma Chamberlain like really interesting because obviously she's like a child of YouTube and she got humongous from her YouTube daily vlogs. But her whole aesthetic is like doing nothing or like being bored. And like, there's nothing flashy about her. She's just like an ordinary girl. That's kind of her whole ethos. But recently I have been hearing, I never really followed her on social, like watch her YouTube content, but I have been seeing that she's been very vocal about her mental health, putting that first. And also like not subscribing to the traditional trend cycle and how the trends are dead. Social media is dead. And she actually has a three part podcast episode. um, When she's talking about it, she broke it down from like the trend cycle, celebrity culture, and then how it's all like canceled or whatever. I actually found this so interesting because also talking about these topics and I feel like it's something you and I like underlyingly always talk about. It's like the theme and all the things that we try to approach when we're dissecting pop culture and all of that. But hearing it from like a Gen Z perspective, Mm. um, I thought was super refreshing. And she just like really says it plainly. And I really appreciated that. But the one thing that kind of made me feel weird was that like, she didn't fully allow herself to be part of this group that she's talking about, which is like, the influencer celebrities, how they have so much weight and like how they got fame from YouTube. And I don't know if that comes from her maybe imposter syndrome because she does still say when she goes to the Met, she feels like she doesn't belong there. But then to us, like you are a model with like Louis Vuitton or you have a campaign with Louis Vuitton. You have your own coffee brand. Like you have so much clout and platform but for someone in that caliber to still feel like she isn't confident enough to say that if she's part of this group was really interesting to me but overall like I actually like really do recommend everyone to listen to it because as a social media consumer and just like I guess anyone here um, going through the TikToks like seeing all these things and like how fast these trend cycles are dying and becoming like there's no originality and there is she even says like there's nothing cool that's been trending that I genuinely feel excited about because it's all been reused or it's all been mass produced and there's no self-identity or self-expression and it's kind of like the beginning of I I wonder what's going to happen in a digital world but I thought it was really cool and like a unique perspective especially from her yeah no I I think that's something we should definitely talk about next time because that's really important I think like just like the whole idea of fast fashion and what it means to be fashionable, it's like redefined because of, you know, social media, which is fine. But it's like when we grew up and it's not to say like, you know, back in the day, I'm not saying what's better. Or I don't really know. But it's like Gen Z, like you'd be young and you could have a phone and be like, that's what people are wearing. Like, that's whatever. I think our example was like, you know, again, Disney Channel, Lizzie McGuire and stuff like that. But, you know, you get you get a way smaller window of what you think is like stylish or trendy or yeah. whatever. Where it's like today, there's just so many things that there's trends on trends on trends. And I 
don't love to keep up with those aesthetic ones. And I just still like, mm-hmm. just like, I'm like, am I buying this? Cause I think, Oh, I know. Oh, I saw it a lot. I saw it a lot. I think it looks good. Or am I buying this? Cause I actually like this in my shit or like, I don't know anymore, which is like insane to me. So we definitely need to explore this and the whole idea behind fast fashion and actually like yeah. the whole labor thing and all how crazy it is in Asia. Yeah. But like, this is what it is, right? Like if you're talking about Shein, like that's the fuck we're, that's the shit we're talking about. It's like, just, it's insane. So we need to like really, I'm going to come back and you come back with your ideas on this because I need to like marinate on this a bit. Good thought. That's so interesting, Evie, because I feel like you're definitely the one person in my friend group that like has the most unique like Evie style. Like I've never seen you co-op to any trends or like buy anything for the moment or like whatnot. So like I I definitely give you more kudos to have more like sense identity, self-identity, but not to take away from obviously your experience that you're feeling because I feel like everyone gets in like a rut or like I generally have feel like I don't know what I like to wear or like, I don't know who I am as a person. I think we, yeah, we, we all have that, but I think I don't like, I don't see it through the things you, everyone check out her Instagram. She looks great, but I'm saying, I don't mm-hmm. see that through that. So thank you mm-hmm. for saying that. I also believe that mm-hmm. and think you have your own identity and honestly, identities are always changing. So we don't need to always You're right. to think like we need to be solid. There, there are some moral grounds, like I think there's only one really big one for me. It's just human rights comes first and equity. So that's it. And then everything yeah. else around me, if I choose to like something and I become more like this, then I'm fucking fine with I it. Know. Like I want to keep growing. I want to do that. Um, we will wrap this up by saying I've been recently watching the new Kardashian series hey. and I got a tip from my, uh, one of Leo's friend who I met up, he's in like a post editing in production. And he was saying that Kardashians now edit up co- adopted the the formula that selling sunset has to make it such a um, yep. addictive reality tv show so now the new one you can see like they do the aerial views and like the oh. collages and they cut another one so like i i and i recently watched the latest episode and i totally see that but in that last episode kim the whole theme about her is that like without kanye like she doesn't know she's had so many different fashion eras but she doesn't know who she is so like Basically, Kim Kardashian is just like us humans, even though she has a warehouse full of other archive clothes that she's ever worn. But as she says, to be honest, Kardashians are fucking terrified that this can be like another conversation. But I actually think Kim Kardashian is so uh, smart and like business focused. And like I do admire in certain ways. And just like her, we're just entering a new fashion era and we will find ourselves. Yeah, we'll see what is going down with that. I don't watch that, but it's okay. I'm open to hearing about it. But no, yeah. no, that that that's interesting. I could see that happening because I mean, everyone used to troll her for having terrible fashion until Kanye, pre Kanye. But then obviously Kanye has his own issues, which is awful, and we can go into that next time too. But yeah, thank you guys for checking in back with us, and we will be back soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Made In. Email us at hi at imadein.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at I'm made in underscore. Thank you again.